This Dharma talk by Joan Sutherland Roshi, Springs Luminous Tab, was given at Cerro Gordo Temple, Santa Fe, New Mexico, on March 26, 2008. About a week or so ago, I was um, walking around my neighborhood, which has uh, all deciduous trees, so this time of year it's pretty bare. And it felt like there was something very slightly different about the landscape. And it took me a while to see what it was because it was so subtle. But I realized that on many of the trees and and, uh, bushes, there were these small swellings that had begun on the branches. Not buds or anything close to buds, but just the swelling where the buds and the twigs would appear soon. I was astonished at the difference it made in how the landscape felt, how much fuller just those small swellings made things. So it made me think of how uh, spring lies latent in late winter, you know, that somehow it's just under the surface, just under the horizon right now, and is held in some ways in the branches, in the earth but will any second now just burst forth? And how much like that is what we've been speaking about um, in terms of uh, awakening as becoming intimate, which is one of the ways the old Chinese people talked about it. And that that becoming intimate is not something that belongs just to us. We don't get enlightenment or have realization but we are able to become intimate, and we are in intimacy. It is not in us. Um, The field of our lives in that moment become intimate. Um, That seems very spring-like to me in some way. So this morning when I was awakened by this just tiny chirping of this bird nearby, um, I was suddenly flooded with a memory of all the summer mornings in Santa Fe when it's still before the heat of the day has set in and the birds are singing and swooping around and the air is so clear and cool and you just pulled outside. You can't stay inside, at least out onto the porch and maybe out for a long walk in the cool of the day. And I thought that that little chirping of the bird that it filled me with memories of so many beautiful Santa Fe mornings was like a kind of luminous tab in the moment. You know, if I pulled that luminous tab, then suddenly I was intimate, and suddenly there was this freedom in everything, that the sound of that small bird brought a freedom to my waking up, to the sounds outside, the guy honking his horn down the street for his kids to come out so he could take them to school. All of it completely free because um, in that moment, as in every moment, there is a kind of luminous tab we can find and pull. Sometimes the tab is not so obvious, you know, it's not so pleasant as a bird's call. And we have to uh, supply it ourselves, actually. And that's why we have the koans, and we have this way of inquiry we use, because it's a kind of portable, luminous tab that can be applied 
lot. Janice is it okay if I tell a story on you from yesterday? Okay. So in the Cohen salon yesterday, Janice was talking about a moment when um, someone was really angry with her and she was really angry with that someone and they were really angry with each other. And suddenly she had this desire to say the unsayable thing, you know, the thing that once you say you can't ever go back, because she needed to see what would happen if she did. Is that a fair approximation? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and she said, you know, what about that? What about that moment? And someone in the salon um, made the kind of typical time-honored Buddhist move and said, well, you know, one thing you can do with that is you can investigate the anger and you can investigate the, the desire to, um, to see what will happen if you say that. And, um, and, and, and yes, that's true. You know, that's true and time-honored and great. And it's also true that the Koan way offers us another kind of inquiry. Um, I think that the koan question in such a moment is, who needs to know, you know, with the emphasis on the who? That's a completely loopy question. You know, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's not careful and conscientious and appropriate. You know, it's just nutty. Um, but I think that's what's valuable about it. You know, that there's a way in which if we, um, if we, respond to the situation with, some, with a kind of crazy, unexpected thing like, well, who needs to know? Um, we can just tilt things slightly. We can change the frame just enough where suddenly there are courses of action that appear that were completely invisible just a few moments ago because of that slight change of frame. But we do it in a way that is meeting the vividness of life with the vividness of our own heart-minds, you know? We're saying, yeah, we'll play. <laughs> I'll play. I'll bring my own luminous tab and I'll pull it and I'll ask this crazy question. Who needs to know? And then I'll see what happens when I do. So that also speaks to um, another thing we've been talking a lot about, which is our participation in the creation of the world, that, that the world is an ongoing, moving, changing creation, that we're participating in whether we intend to or not, or mean to or not. And so what is, what is it like to choose to participate? What is it like to, to become part of this co-creation? of the world. Um, the American philosopher and psychologist William James was one of the founders of a school of philosophy called pragmatism. And when he was explaining what pragmatism was, he said that fundamentally, um, for pragmatists, the reality is not set. Reality is still happening. It's still growing. Uh, and changing. He said, the universe is still having its adventures, which I loved because it was such a sort of Walt Whitman-esque image, you know, that the universe was this kind of Walt Whitman character striding through the fields, still having its, his adventures, and, um, you know, praising what there was to praise, and lamenting what there is to lament, and throwing himself down under trees to sleep out under the stars, 
and enjoying his own body and the bodies of many others. And I like to think of the universe that way. Um, and William James said that if, if the universe is still happening, if it's still unfolding, if it's still being created, then, then what we do, how we act and change, is the universe acting and changing. It's not different. Um, and he said, um, our acts, our turning places, where we seem to ourselves to make ourselves and grow, why may they not be the actual turning places and growing places of the world? Why not the workshop of being where we catch fat in the making? Why not the workshop of being where we catch fat in the making? So that seems to me like a very um, spring-like kind of view of our lives. Um, And one of the things that happens when we meet in meditation and we meet as we will this weekend for a koan retreat is that we slow down enough and get quiet enough to see this um, workshop of being, which right now at this season, you know, is gearing up for the really busy part of the year. And, um, and we catch that in the making. We see how it unfolds, and we see how we participate in it, and how we withhold sometimes our participation in it. The old texts um, talked about everything preaching the Dharma all the time. And um, I don't think that was, you know, like everything haranguing all the time. I think that was more the sense of um, everything participating, everything being part of this workshop of being. Another way they talked about it was um, Scrolls unrolling. Every time we act, a scroll of sutras unrolls. Every time we take a step, a scroll of sutras unrolls before us. And everything is sort of unrolling these scrolls all the time. And that the world is made up of all of these scrolls. The world is this giant story made up of all these individual chapters in the story. So, um, as we move from winter into spring, um, I commend to your attention the workshop of being, and I commend to your attention the miraculous condition that there is something rather than nothing. Um, Stephen Hawking has often asked, you know, why does the universe go to the bother of existing? Well, thank heavens it does, you know, and thank heavens we have the ability to. Um, to experience that, to have our own adventures inside of the great adventure. And um, keep looking for those luminous tabs in every moment. Keep pulling them. Keep finding first the intimacy and then the freedom that that intimacy brings. Thank you. These talks are made available through your donations to Cloud Dragon, the Joan Sutherland Dharma Works. To learn more about her teachings and to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our donate page at joansutherlanddharmaworks.org.